America! Are you serious? It's awesome, baby! Hello and welcome to episode nine of Q and A Quest, and this is going to be an all E three episode. Yay! Everything we dreamed of. I'm totally not checking out of a game order right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am Wheels, aka My Caps, and with me, uh, the permanent Hearthstone naysayer of Q and A Quest. Oh, you act as though Hearthstone is the thing that I most mock you for. And yeah, that's true. Close to true. Oh, that, that would be destiny. <laughs> and this week I've got so much ammo. Oh, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, so we got a lot of cool feedback about the uh, saga, all saga episodes. So All singing, all dancing, all saga. So if... If people are interested in having us do another episode like that about some series, preferably one that we like, like uh, I, I don't think we'd get much out of an all Neptunia episode, for example. Uh, but if an all like I, would, I can't do all Final Fantasy in one episode, but uh, something like that, uh, let us know, and maybe we can do something like that again. Yeah. Yes, and also I think I think uh, Mr. Baker was mad that we didn't do that ep- the saga episode with him. So, it would have been nice. Yeah, <coughs> yeah, I I didn't really think of doing it since it's kind of hard to plan, given the massive time difference. But uh, but we are still sorry that he couldn't have been there. Yeah. Because... Well, maybe we can try and do a second version of that in the future. Version two. <laughs> this time, actually, with someone that knows what romancing saga is. <laughs> but anyway, uh, let's just jump right into our first horribly depressing uh, E3-related question and get it over Yeah, with. we looked at this one. We had to sort of just be sad. Yeah. This is from uh, S. MacDougall, SmackDougall. However, this is supposed to be pronounced. We're so bad at pronouncing these. Please That's start using a pronunciation guide if you feel like being kind. <laughs> I just can go with SmackDougal, because that sounds cool. That's a good name. I, that's probably not it, but whatever. Anyway, why does Square Enix hate Western Dragon Quest fans? Uh, which, obviously, is because there was no Dragon Quest news outside of some trailers for Dragon Quest Heroes, which has already been announced for the West. Um. <laughs> hey, Dragon Quest Six just came out on iOS and Android. It's Yay. Not over. <laughs> Yay, buy it, buy it, people. Please, buy it. You aren't even going to buy it, and neither am I, because we don't play games like that on our phones. Yeah, I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> also, Six is pretty not that interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Six. But moving moving on from yeah. that, the, okay. the tragedy, the reason this made us sad is because, well, aside from the fact that I really wanted 7 or 8 to rear their heads at some point, was... I think it's a bit too early for 8, to be honest. Yeah, but at the same time, I can still hope for things. Yeah. 
It's nice to want things. But the broader point is that Square Enix doesn't hate us. They're just no. aware that we're a very small market. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, Dragon Quest Nine did really well in the West, but um, it doesn't necessarily mean the other ones are going to. Like, uh, well, I, like none of the ones that weren't marketed by Nintendo sold a dime. And <laughs> I don't think Monsters Two sold out that well either. So that was weird that we got that at all. I think it's going to be like a only certain main series titles that are going to be really well marketable here. Like I. I know Dragon Quest Seven. It's a remake. It looks a lot nicer. I, I just—it's—it's it's it's, such a labor-intensive localization. Yeah, they, there's a lot of. They issues. can't use that old localization for yeah. like a multitude of reasons. Um, I—I <coughs> th- I think the one thing that may make, even though it's been a long time since it came out in Japan, I think the one thing that could make it a possibility for for Seven is. There's going to be an iOS slash Android version, and if that's something they're going to want to bring out here... If gonna... it's based on the 3DS version, we might get the 3DS yeah. version along with it as, like, a digital download. Right, because, you know, if, if they're going to do it for one, then they have it available for the other, and then... That defrays the, the risk that comes with, like, trying to <laughs> like script that gargantuan. Yeah. If it's based on the PS1 version, then we're screwed. It's not happening. Right, right. <laughs> Um, as for 8, I, like I said, I think it's a little too early for news. It would have been nice. Um, I can dream, damn it. But that one seems more likely. They just used that same localization for the iOS version. And so they it, can make tweaks to it to make yeah. room for the additional content. They already have the voice actors called in for heroes. So, right. so But yeah, we already have a re-release of 8 to show that that's a possibility. Um, so... You know, we'll see on that one, but you know, it's it's just kind of <coughs> sorry. It is a bit um, just sad that it's been so long since we've gotten a main title in the series. I mean, ten ten has been out for how long now? You know, I no believe it was of, a 2012 release. There seems to be no hint of a western release, and you know, with fourteen doing so well, I don't think they'd really want to. Kind of like the, in that like the the problem Dragon Quest Ten always was always going to have was that it you know Dragon Quest name just isn't very strong here. Like in Japan, it existed to make use of the Dragon Quest name in an MMO to get a revenue stream, and that didn't really work because like Dragon Quest is such a brand so strongly identified with nostalgia that people just immediately rejected the concept of Dragon <laughs> Quest MMO. Which is why it's, like, by far the worst-selling Dragon Quest in history. Yeah, so I think it's safe to say we're not going to see another Dragon Quest MMO anytime soon. Yeah, no, or if they do, they're going to <coughs> farm it out to someone else, and it's going to be explicitly labeled a spinoff. Yeah. They're not going to, you know, give out give that number. So, unlikely to see that one here unless, I don't know, you never know. I'm not going to say never, because MMOs last a long time. Usually, well, we didn't get so. Fantasy Star Online too, and that one seemed like a slam dunk. Uh, and that even has like a fan English patch you can use, so you can. That has a has a semi-translated into like English you wouldn't recognize completely, but it still exists uh, in like for like Southeastern Asia. Yeah. But like yeah. they haven't even bothered trying to uh, 
clean that up and export it to the U.S. even though Fantasy Star Online was popular yeah, here. It's, that one makes no sense to me whatsoever. Like Dragon Quest stuff, I can understand, but that? Why? Why Sega? I don't get it. Because Sega is in hard financial times and can't spend it. <laughs> I guess. Didn't they just buy um, Index Corp? Always remember that Sega itself didn't buy it. Their parent Pachinko yeah. company did, and they bought it so that they could just plaster Persona <laughs> characters all over Pachinko machines. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like I'd imagine that they have a lot of financial uh, goals that they have to make good to their parent company, and their parent company is looking at them as like, okay, you're not really... This this video game thing you're doing, you're not doing it very well. <laughs> It'd probably be a whole other huge discussion just talking about Sega and their parent company that I think people often forget. Yeah, like, you saw that in just the way that... <laughs> Like at like Index Holdings, or more specifically, I don't think they bought all of Index. I think they just bought Atlas. Uh, because, yeah, I'm not sure. Because like Atlas was divested from Index and sold to them because Index was in a whole bunch of businesses that I yeah. don't think. Uh, I think Aruze or it's not. It's not Aruze. It was Sammy that bought them. Like they're in a whole number of businesses that. Uh, like Index was in a whole number of businesses. They owned like. Uh, like an animation company and a whole bunch of other things that Sammy can't really make use of. Yeah, so. and I'm not really whatever. So I'm not even really sure how that all spun out. So is Atlas part of Sega or are they another like sub company? Well, they're they're a sub company. They're like a something dream. <coughs> it's technically their holding company that they're part of. Yeah. So we're probably getting into a whole another can of worms about hey, subdivisions of corporations. Do a little bit of Wikipedia research. Yeah. Uh, it's not in that question. But yeah, the tragic thing is that, uh, like, between the seven of us, Dragon Quest fans can't make Dragon Quest profitable in the U.S. Yeah. Um, and by consequence, n uh, not happening in Europe either. <laughs> yeah, so uh, just, you know, all I can say is buy, buy every Dragon Quest product that comes out. Encourage your friends to buy it. Buy Dragon Quest I'm Heroes even if you don't care. Buy Dragon Quest Heroes yeah. even though I hate Musto games because... I have to give them the understanding that I will buy things that look like Dragon Quest. Yeah, I was pretty underwhelmed, and I ordered the special Square Enix store-only special edition. Just, because you know. Wheels is a turbo nerd. Well, I think it's got, like, a plushy slime, so those are always fun. You know? Yeah, I got I got one of those for pre-ordering Dragon Quest Six. That was the most value I got out of Dragon Quest Six. <laughs> oh. Well, I think... We thankfully didn't get too depressed about Dragon Quest. Um, no, no, mostly because we got uh, beard stroking and furious yes. in turns. So, but yeah, um, I, here is all I have to say about the current state of Dragon Quest in the West. I am going to be pre-ordering the Japanese version of Dragon Quest Eight for 3DS. That's all I got to say. <laughs> ah, moving on. Moving on. All right. So next up, we got some E3 related questions from False Logic. Uh, the first one is... I hope I put printed these out in the right order. Yes, okay. Uh, what coming out of E3 excited you? What coming out of it made you groan? Uh, let's see. Excited. Oh, let's, Mass Effect Andromeda. Let's start with excited, yes. Ma Mass Effect, yes. Um, wild West Mass Effect. <laughs> <laughs> like the space Wild West. Sold. Yeah. Uh, you can have my money. It's 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 you know. 
what sold me on this was uh, New Galaxy, so they don't really have to worry about, you know, the fallout of the original trilogy, really. So, yeah, it can... Whatever you want happened. Yes. So that leaves them a lot of freedom, which I think is an awesome idea. And, and a also surprise. Space West is a setting I am, I am fond of. Yes. Uh, so, I, and this is all from a very short trailer, but there was a lot to be excited about just from that. Yeah. Please allow my uh, player character to listen to Space Johnny Cash constantly. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, one for me that was a complete surprise was Horizon Zero Dawn. I don't think I even saw that. It was the new game from Gorilla. Oh, yeah. I yes. had to step out right as that was showing up. Uh-huh. Like, and then... By the time I came back, Sony had already decided to just do other things. <laughs> so that's uh, like a I, the the way they described it was post post apocalypse. <laughs> post post apocalypse. So like way in the future, cities are now overgrown. Far enough in the post-apocalypse that people barely remember that there was a pre-apocalypse. Yeah, so people are are basically reduced to tribes. There's roaming, mecha- roaming hordes of like mechanical creatures. Um, it's it, all about robot, anti-robot bigotry and legislation. <laughs> well, kind of. The the first the gameplay they showed uh, was controlling the main character, which is a, a female protagonist, which is cool. Um, basically hunting down some, uh, what do you want to call them, robot animals or something like that, robot beasts. Basically, uh, Turok the robot dinosaur hunter. That's that's a tragic thing, don't bring back Turok. Yeah, alright, I'm not going to call it that. So, it's like, robot monster hunter, there you go. And it, it looked really cool, um... And the way I, I keep describing it is it looked like Gorilla was pleased as heck to not be making another kill zone. I can't blame them. <laughs> uh, yeah, it looks like a cool engine, and I'm excited to see more of that. So uh, we, we do seem to be covering it, so I guess there's enough uh, RPG-ness to it. So could be cool. We'll see. <coughs> um Surprise of Nintendo for me was a new Mario and Luigi slash new Paper Mario game. Yeah, Mario and Luigi Paper Jam. Yeah, uh, unexpected and totally awesome. Uh, and I would, I will happily play the heck out of that. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering since it's called Mario and Luigi. Paper Jam, if it's still primor- primarily a Mario and Luigi game, or if it's going to be like an even mix of the two, it's kind of unclear. I'd imagine it's a relatively even mix by virtue of the fact that its Japanese title is like Mario and Luigi RPG Paper Mario Mix. Okay, so uh, <coughs> I'm really interested to see more of that. I mean, the, there was a lot in the trailer they showed, but uh, we'll see could be very very cool uh, yeah it's good times and 
Yeah, and I, I gotta get kind of caught up on that those series a bit. I haven't played, haven't finished Sticker Star, and I need to play. Uh, what was the last Mario and Luigi called? Dream Team. Dream Team. I, I, uh, I have been saving that, basically saying, oh, I'll, I'll you know, I'll start this up when I'm kind of not doing anything else and ready to dive into it, and that hasn't happened yet. So, uh, I'm probably gonna have to do that well before Paper Chain comes out. Which is this year, right? Uh, when I looked, it said 2016, but... Yeah, okay. But maybe it might be early 2016. I would expect it's early 2016, just because that was the focus of Nintendo's stuff, with, yeah. like, things that come out by, <coughs> the, by, you know, probably within the next fiscal year. Yeah. The only thing I wouldn't put money on being out before the next fiscal year in that presentation was SMT cross FE. Yeah. Uh, so what else was there that looked cool? Uh, let's see. Well, Fire Emblem Fates. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And it sounds like this game is, well, games is going to be yeah, huge. Huge, yeah, huge, huge. Yeah. huge. Which I'm, and it's I'm cool general rule, Fire Emblem games are fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. If you haven't played them, you should play them. Go play Awakening. Do it right now. Yeah. And I will be playing Fates um, probably by the time this goes up. Oh, wow. You're just you're just downloading it on your Japanese 3DS? No, I ordered a physical copy. Oh, wow. You're even more of a Turbo Nerd. Yeah. I uh, probably could have just done... I, I, see, I, I keep forgetting that uh, the Japanese eShop will just take like an American credit card, so I could have just done the digital version. Heck, even if it didn't, you could have just gone <laughs> to some place like PlayAsia and ordered some eShop credit, and they mm -hmm. probably would have just emailed the code to you. Yeah, and that would have been a bit cheaper. But anyway, um, I went with the hard. I should point out well. the yen is down now, so uh, yeah. Ooh, good times. Good times, then. Uh, as compared to the dollar, so it's actually fairly... Uh, it's less expensive than it would be otherwise. Sweet. So yeah, I, I got the harder version of that. Um, and Noir. It, yeah. Known in America as Fire Emblem Fates Conquest. Yes. And of course. That's the, that's the story that interests me more. So that's probably the one I'll be grabbing yeah, first. Yeah, me too. Although uh, I am interested in the one that's kind of like the more traditional Fire Emblem well, experience. Well, the more traditional Fire Emblem experience is Conquest. That's Noir. Yeah, that's the one. I that's the Japanese one I got. Yeah, like okay. the 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 one that's more Awakening style and trying to be more friendly to new players is Hoshido, aka Birthright. Yeah, and I'll be waiting for the English to get that. Oh, I mean, when the English version. You'll get. Come, yeah, you'll get was, all three because you'll get the yeah. third one too. Yeah, I was just gonna say once it comes out in English, I'm gonna buy all of that. I've seen me, some grumbling about these games just for the fact that, you know, they're releasing them separately in the US, but it's like these are these aren't the same game. Yeah. Like even, by by any real standard, they're not remotely the same game. No, it, this isn't like the two different Pokemon versions. This is far different this is, than that. This is Legend of Zelda Oracle of Ages and Legend of Zelda Oracle of Seasons. They connect, they're not the same game. Yeah. Uh you if you buy both, you will be getting more than your money's worth. I think you will be getting you will be getting two new Fire Emblem games instead of one. Yeah, <laughs> and that's awesome. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, I can't complain. Uh, what else is there to be excited about? 
The Taken King, the next Destiny expansion. Uh, are you busily prepping for Red Bull? Uh, we're gonna we're gonna hold off on some of the nonsense related to the expansion <laughs> and, until a later question when we, when we can focus just on that. As far as the actual expansion itself, it, it looks awesome. They're finally adding the third subclasses, um, a new raid, which looks really cool, uh, a new enemy type, uh, so lots of cool stuff. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun to play, and after you grit your teeth through some no other nonsense that we'll get to. Uh, <coughs> uh, so... Um, I think what else? Uh, a lot of the other stuff I'd say is mostly like already announced and shown stuff like Xenoblade Chronicles X. It's already out in Japan, so we've already seen lots of that. <laughs> it looks so cool. Uh, I don't think there were any other big announcements. Fallout 4. No, yeah. Um, some random old game showed up on the eShop. Yeah, yeah, some gross NES game that isn't actually very fun to play. Yeah. Oh, man, shots fired. <laughs> uh, it's a nice historical curiosity. It, it's a historical curio. Yeah, so... As for the other half of this question, like, grown-worthy? Mm -hmm. I'm sure Compileheart has announced something in the past month. Mm -hmm. I think they announced a visual novel. It was coming out in the U.S., Whatever is being localized on the Vita is probably on some version, on some sense, grown-worthy. Hey, I'm reviewing that. What? Hyperdimension Neptunia Re Birth 3. Um, subtitle that I don't remember. Not my thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, stealing my lips. Uh, like the other two, it's at least not actually developed by Compileheart, so there you go. Yeah, it's made by the remnants of the Summon Knight developer. Which is weird, and I, I don't know. Yeah, there you go. Can we trade it for a Summon Knight? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Moving uh, on. Really, eh, nothing really made me groan. I mean, like, I, I've reached a point in my life where I just don't like really casually dismissing things that are obviously yeah. not aimed at me. I, th I think the one thing that made me groan at first was what they showed of the Halo 5 campaign. It was like, oh, this looks Call of Duty-ish. But they, I guess they actually responded to that and said that, no, that's not exactly what it's like. So that was cool to hear. And then you groan because now you have to get an Xbox so you can play it with Yeah, them. well, and one of my friends was like, oh, I already ordered one. I'm like... I'm supposed to be the one that does all that <laughs> goes out and buys to make foolish purchasing decisions. I'm supposed to be the one that randomly goes out and buys consoles at random. Shh. Well, can't you start me? <laughs> so, yeah. I've rolled around on the internet. So, yeah, I will be getting one at some point if if um, the backwards compatibility list. Uh, Get... Ends up including a bunch of JRPGs. Yeah, then. really, that's the Lost Odyssey and Blue Dragon and a few others. Do you actually want to play Blue Dragon again? I do. I like that game. I just don't like the story. Or the characters. Or the characters. Anytime someone or opens villain. their mouth. <laughs> yeah. 
every time every time I'm not doing battle or exploring exploring I want to um, burn the characters in a hellish fire but moving on like yes. those, those, like Microsoft is actually taking essentially like putting it to vote what do you want to play which is seemingly influencing their uh, their decisions on what to prioritize for backwards compatibility and all the JRPGs have a fairly large several thousand vote grounds well so yeah so that's good so hopefully those will get on there and I can get finally get rid of old 360 piece of garbage. I can make jokes about uh, Tales of Vesperia being playable on two consoles, neither of which is the PS3. <laughs> oh. oh I, I'm trying to remember. Namco made some kind of joke about that. I, I forget There was some where reference was. to like, being a pirate in yes. some Tales of spin-off thing. Oh, no, I think it was in uh, Project X-Zone 2. Yeah, yeah, they make reference to, like, oh, there's, like, some sort of pirate at some point. Yeah. Which, uh, if you don't know, was an exclusive character to uh, the PS3 version of Tales of Vesperia. So. <sighs> Tales fans, I'm sorry, we're, we're always going to make fun of you for all the vitriol surrounding the... Vesperia PS3, when you could have yes. been getting angry. About actual like games we actually didn't have. Um, the Xbox 360 version of that game is fantastic, and I don't want to hear anything of anything to the contrary. I'm sorry. Okay, moving on. Yes. We, we've gone far afield. <laughs> <of the> <laughs> A little bit. All right. Uh, so yeah, nothing really to groan about, um, other than the terrible audience in the Square Enix conference. I didn't even see that. Yeah, it's it was it was bad, but okay. <laughs> Uh, well, I guess we could groan. Oh, yeah, I also groaned that we didn't get an announcement of Metal Gear Rising 2. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, not, not too much to groan about. I mean, there's always things that weren't announced that you can groan about, but... I can be privately grumpy about the existence of Nier 2, but then I'd just be being shot. Yeah, but even then, Platinum Games, it, it, that's got to turn out... Well, that's just making me angry, because I want Platinum Games to make games I like. <laughs> well, you might. Maybe you'll end up liking it. Never Give know. me Metal Gear Rising 2, dammit. <laughs> Alright, let's see. Next thing for False Logic. Also, it didn't seem like there were that many RPGs outside of Fire Emblem, Persona, Mix-Up, and Xeno. What else was there? There was a lot, dude. Mar yeah, he also mentioned Mario and Luigi. Yeah, Mass Luigi. Effect 4, FF7, he like clarifies in the next thing this kind of extension that the FF7 remake doesn't count. I don't understand how that doesn't count. Like, I guess you could argue that the game doesn't exist yet, but I mean, that's true of 90% of what we see at E3. Yeah. Like, especially like half of Sony's conference was a thing that won't exist for at least three years. So. Yes. I mean, FF7 Remake is a big deal. Not just because that game really needed a remake and it's a really popular game, but because it's a big new JRPG on a console. And we need it's that. going to be about as high budget as JRPGs get. Yes. So, uh, I mean, as negative as I can be about Final Fantasy VII, I am excited for the remake. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I think it could be cool. So, we'll see. But yeah, there were there were there was a lot of RPG stuff. Shenmue, Shenmue three. 
Um, that Pro- kind of counts. Project, <laughs> project. Who is this game going to bankrupt? <coughs> oh. I think that's about it for these questions. Uh, uh, yeah, and as also noted, Mass Effect Four got announced. Yeah, Mass Effect Four, maybe not. Uh, King Hearts Three made an appearance. Yeah, a, one that looked like actual gameplay video. <laughs> yeah, that looks like they. Uh, they it kind of looked like they had a lot there, even though I think they at the end it just said now in production. No yeah, they seem really days. leery about committing to something until they're certain. Yeah, but I think that one is probably farther along than we might think. Yeah, that one seems to have been moving along real quick. I'm sure it's a top priority. Uh, nothing really it's from... It's a top priority, and it's basically like its technology was set in place by the FF15 development. Hmm. So. Nothing really shown of FF15, but we knew we knew that going we knew in. Going in, that they weren't yeah. going to much of FF15. They'll, pro- they'll probably <laughs> be showing it at, like, TGS, maybe, like, some of the other, like, games or something, because I know that that's where a few of Microsoft's exclusive stuff went, like uh, Scalebound is apparently going to be at Gamescom. Yeah. Uh, probably not coming out this year, but honestly, it, it you know, they, they need to just get it right. It, yeah, it's, it's like, this is like the do or die of, like, Final Fantasy as a mainstream series. Yeah, I mean, it's... <coughs> it's probably pretty far along at this point. Uh, from what I could, I guess, tell from the demo, so I I don't think it's like going to be a 2017 release or anything, but probably unrealistic f- for this year, for sure. But we'll see. They've surprised me before. All right, shall we move on? To, yeah. Uh, all right, let's. I gotta mentally pr- prepare myself for the next one. <laughs> okay, moving on to our next question, which I'm just gonna call I hate Activision. I hate Activision. I hate Activision. <laughs> can can you can you read this one for me so I don't have to read it? Maybe. At Ask Wheels, have you heard uh, some of the stuff surrounding the Destiny expansion? Any opinions you planning on getting it from Law Whoops? To which I wrote in our notes, Red Bull! <laughs> uh... Excuse me, 7-Eleven presents Red Bull, a Destiny quest. Alright, let's just start with the Red Bull thing and then we'll get to the other stuff. So, Activision made some deal with Red Bull where they, they get some exclusive quest that you can only get until a later date. Yeah, uh, until next year. Yes. By buying a can of Red Bull and getting a code and... Not even just a can of Red Bull. You have to buy it from <laughs> 7-Eleven in July. And... Uh, why? Just... Why? I... I uh, at least this, at least this is not a quest. If it, if, it, if, it, if it was like a strike, people would be going like absolutely nuts. But quests generally aren't a big deal. I mean, there's some cool missions in the game, but the general meat of Destiny is strikes, raids, and other You're stuff like that. I can't Red Bull anyway. I am because it's just a few bucks, so whatever. You are being fleeced. <laughs> I am, and it gets worse. <laughs> no. Um. Activision. So. 
we we all know at this point i hope that activision are the kings of overpriced dlc they started the whole 15 dollar map packs which before that maybe you don't remember maybe maybe you're used to this kind of nonsense but map packs were generally relatively cheap before that i think i think like the in the the xbox days the halo 2 map packs were not all that expensive at all you, you well you bought them like you could also buy them on discs for of all things but yeah, yeah. That's true. uh but you know yeah you usually got like four maps for i don't know like 10 15 bucks yeah but uh yeah as soon as call of duty got really popular activision started doing map packs which were a generally small number of maps for 15 bucks and that has continued on to 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 destiny which to some extent I know it's all online so there's a lot of server overhead there so I knew I knew they were going to monetize this in some way beyond the initial purchase you know cuz they have to um I was hoping more for like cosmetic nonsense like they often do with online stuff that doesn't have a subscription fee but no I'm sure there, I'm sure there's plenty of cosmetic stuff that you're just not paying attention to as well No there's not Give it time. Yeah, I hope so, because then maybe they won't have to charge forty dollars for an expansion. No, they're gonna do both. Yeah, that's true. So because the second that this expansion comes out and be and is successful, it's proof that people who play Destiny will pay for it. Like they yeah. will pay that price. <laughs> and what's annoying, at least to anyone that's, I, I mean, people are in, people should be used to this by now. That if you buy a game early on and then buy the expansions individually that eventually like a collection is going to come out that's going to be much cheaper than what you paid it, it's just it's how it goes but it still just feels annoying that you you'll be able to buy a brand new copy of destiny for sixty dollars that includes the new expansion and all the old expansions uh, <laughs> so I mean, Destiny players who can already be a bit salty for a variety of different reasons obviously aren't too happy, um, but there are, there's some other nonsense behind it. Like, there's some weird collector's editions that have some exclusive stuff that they are, I guess they are going to be releasing as a, a separate purchase, so you don't have to buy whatever collector's edition it's not. I, I don't I know there's some issue there I haven't I'm not really sure what it is and I'm buy, buying <laughs> I'm buying the ridiculous collector's edition anyway for $80 which includes some silly uh, physical collectibles like a replica strange coin so I don't know what that is and I'm glad it yes. feel like a better it's, person it's, it's a form of currency in the game so uh, I, Spend real money for fake money. It's Bitcoin all over again. I can complain all I want. I've already pre-ordered the damn thing. I'm gonna buy it. It's it's unfortunate, but Destiny's really good. And once this comes I'm out, you laughing at you. You'll be able to buy Destiny for the original sixty dollar price and have all the the content. Um, they are doing some nice things. I don't want to make this sound all negative. They are doing some nice things for people who have played the game since the beginning. They're going to get some special stuff that um, will never be made available to anyone who's uh, who hasn't played the game as long. And there's a, there's actually already a number of guns, none of which I've ever managed to get, actually, that 
you actually can't you actually can't get in the game anymore. <laughs> like, gone. Like like they were too powerful, so they they tweaked it. That's terrible. They tweak it. It was so. There's like some some gun you can get where it, that gets like random perks, and there was a combination of the two that was like ridiculously good that will never come up anymore. But they didn't. Anyone that already has it, they get. Was they get allowed to, to keep it. They, they was allowed to keep it. Yeah. So, and I n- never got any of those because I didn't do the first raid until pretty recently, actually. So yeah, <coughs> Activision—it's it, it, just—it's just the sad fact that if Activision controls a franchise that you like, you're gonna have to put up with some 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 of this crap because this, this is just what they do. And I—I <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. You know, it's—they're not gonna change. Uh, They've—I think they've shown that pretty cr- clearly. So yeah. I don't know, they got me by the balls. I really love Destiny, and... And I really love making fun of you for your love of Destiny. I know. It's a really good game. That's all I can say. I'm very glad I'm not into it. (laughs) Because I don't have the money for that. Yes. Well, can we move move on to something else, please? Okay, let's move on. All right. All right. Let's go talk about something that's not Activision. (laughs) This is from Jay Scarp, uh, which I think might actually be Jonathan something. Yeah. My I'd brain, it, my brain is not working at the moment after Activision. Um, <laughs> after seeing E3, which console has a longer future, Wii U or Vita? So we we can divide this into two con- concepts: which has a longer future and which has a more fruitful future. Mm. So, so, like, the Wii U, like, Nintendo is clearly willing to push harder than Sony's willing to push the Vita, which only ever saw reference in the two or three games that are getting ported to it uh, at Sony's press conference. But it also might have a successor, whereas uh, Vita probably won't. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, the J is actually Joshua, not Jonathan. My bad. Ah, okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so... I would definitely say the Vita is going to have a longer lifetime, but that's not necessarily an indication that it's a healthier console at the moment. Because it's it's going to have a long lifetime because Sony will not care enough to fix it. Exactly. To the point where like people can just keep releasing like random trash on it. And Falcom will probably keep pumping out games on it. Yeah, Falcom will put out an ETH in 2019. Yeah, but... I think Falcon. The good thing is Falcom. I think seems to be moving into the Vita slash PS PS4 for each release. Yeah, those are good though. Yeah, um, yeah. The the Wii U. I mean, we assume we're going to hear about their new console at some point. Uh, we're hearing about the NX, but they still won't tell us what kind of system it is. So yeah. it might be a Wii successor. It might be a 3DS successor, and we won't be able to tell until we actually know what kind of system it is. Or maybe a mixture of the two. Yeah, like you know, there's all sorts of rumors about what it is, but we've heard tons of things that are true and tons of things that may very well not be true at all so, because some of them conflict. So we'll have to wait and see. There, I, I mean. Uh, the Wii U is obviously already well past whatever the Vita has sold, so uh, I think we can 
definitely say it's it's been the more successful console by far. They're still they're still both running with like one leg chopped off. Yeah. The Wii U has multiple million dollar sellers, the Vita does not. It's just, you know, it, it's it's kind of weird to compare the two as well. Yeah, cuz like one company's response <laughs> to like they showcase the two distinct responses a company can have to something that's an initial essentially abject failure. Yeah. Cuz like one of them like Nintendo when the Wii U started failing just doubled down as hard as possible and when the Vita started failing Sony basically just get, left it for dead. Yeah. It's weird cuz it does fine in Japan. Like it does fine. It mostly like what is your personal threshold for anime tits? That's basically what it is. Yeah, and there's there's some more quote-unquote mainstream, and I'm talking about the Japanese market here, successes like God Eater, I think. Yeah, did, like, uh, did the, almost the, like the 700K. Is, what is your personal dr- methadone of choice for your lack of Monster Hunter? Yes. That's pretty... I mean, I'm sure they're... That's most of the Vita ecosystem at this point. I'm sure they've tried to cultivate a lot of those Monster Hunter clones without developing themselves out of outside of uh, Freedom Wars. Didn't they do development assistance on Soul Sacrifice in some fashion? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. They published it. Yeah, like, it was... It's just, like, comparing the two isn't really worthwhile because... The two companies took such a divergent approach on what to do with them. Yeah. And, you know, and like, are we talking about when's the last <laughs> thing that's going to come out for either of them? Because I guarantee you it's basically going to be the Vita because it has no obvious successor. Yeah. Like, I'm putting, I'm basically putting money down on, like, Sony not making another handheld. I don't know why you would at this point. It's, it's a hostile market. The 3DS pretty much has like, the more hardcore crowd, and... The 3DS, more... like, fought tooth and nail to carve out a niche for itself. Yeah, and it's a pretty big niche, and it, there isn't really room for the V... really room for another there's, one. There's room for a dedicated handheld. Yeah. A. One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that I think the... And three... the space is just smaller than it was before, because, yeah. like, oh, phones. <laughs> yeah, basically, the... <sighs> Yeah, basically, mobile phones beat Sony to uh, the part of the mobile games market they were looking to get, essentially. Yeah, it just didn't work out. And I know it. it I know it. It kind of sucks because the Vita's a nice little console, but you know, what are you gonna do? Just sometimes the wrong hardware comes out at the wrong time. Yeah. That's kind of I I think that's kind of the thing for both of them. They both kind of came out at a bad time. Yeah, pretty much. Just a shame because you know they're both nice pieces yeah. of hardware that do things that their competitors don't. Yeah. But and the Wii U faced completely unrealistic expectations based on uh, the Wii, the which Wii. which yeah. was an absurd success. Yeah, an unrepeatable success in any real sense. Yeah. So, kind of sad, kind of sad little consoles. Although the Wii, I would say, has recovered a great deal. It's it's how like Nintendo has like tried so hard to save it that like the the choices were either that they were going to die trying or that it was at least going to become a reasonable like niche thing. And they did a pretty good job. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm like Star Fox is one of my most anticipated games this year. Yeah. Thank you, Platinum. 
Um, Bayonetta 2 was awesome. There's lots of cool games. I haven't actually played mine a lot recently, it's a, but... It's got a really good lineup. It's just, you know, it's like, it's like anything, the releases are pretty sporadic. Yeah. Splatoon hit a million uh, sales, which is impressive for a new and was interesting a big IP. Hit. And was a surprisingly big uh, deal in Japan, mm. where you know consoles as a whole just don't sell. Yeah, so uh, we probably went well beyond the purview of the question, but that's fine because I'm sure he, I'm sure he wanted us to kind of talk about the whole deal. So yeah, rather than just make a snark and leap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Up next, the Law Whoops Power Hour. Yes. All right. Let's prepare yourself. Prepare yourself for whoops. All right. Let's answer some little whoops questions. Sorry, boss. I dropped your questions. Let's get moving. <laughs> All right. First one. What's your top three most anticipated RPGs coming out of E3 this year? Why the hype? Um, it, uh, I'm, I'm going to restrict myself to things that appeared at E3. Okay. <laughs> like things that were announced at E3 or just appeared? That appeared. Okay. I'm basically di- basically this is here to disqualify Persona Five and FF15. <laughs> well, didn't weren't they showing it on the show floor, Persona Five? Uh, not that I'm aware of. If they were, I didn't hear anything about it. Oh. Well, there was a new trailer that came out, but that was attached to Dancing All Night in Japan, and the U.S. website was updated to clarify that it's coming out this year. Here, what's coming out this year, Persona Five? Persona Five. Like it was clarified to have a 2015 release date in the U.S. Well, hot damn. Yeah, a little bit. All right, all right, all right. But we... but but we're disqualifying those because they did not appear at E3. All right, all right. So you're number three first. Uh, that's tough. Like deciding what to drop in as number three. Uh, since it's so far off and we saw so little of it, Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, I'm gonna go with Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, looks cool, new IP. Um, Maybe Gorilla can actually make something that's fun to play. Ooh, shots fun. <laughs> <laughs> might not be an RPG, but close enough, so I'm gonna use that. And and yeah, it kills on games. I tried to like them, and the only one I did end up liking a fair deal was the one not developed by Gorilla Games. So there you go. Whoops. Uh, <laughs> But weren't you satisfied with their other classic, Shellshock Nom 67? Never played it. Not yeah, interested. Don't, don't play it. <laughs> uh, number two. I, I didn't even talk about Mass Effect Andromeda, but then again, we just talked about oh, it. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. Do you want to talk about it some more? Or? Uh, um, I like Space Wild West and Johnny Cash, the end. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, number two. Uh, when I was watching it at the Treehouse, I was really pumped for SMT Crossfire Emblem. Hmm. It gave me a lot of vibes of, like, Persona 1 and 2. Yeah. They, with, like, a more modern skin. It, that game just looks cool. Yeah. It, it's got a great look to it. F the haters. Com- combat looks fun. Uh, I, you know... Looks like what I like out of Shin Megami Tensei and what I like out of Fire Emblem. Hooray! I honestly don't know how many haters there are. I just feel like the haters are very... Uh, very vo- upset about what they wanted the game to be. Very vociferous? Is that a, the right word? Yeah, vociferous would be a good way of putting okay. it. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm 
I'm just going to pick different ones just to be different. I'm going to go number two. What the heck was I going to pick? Oh, Paper Jam. Jam that paper. Mario RPGs are just fun. Great writing. Great goofiness. And although I uh, I would say I haven't liked the Mario and Luigi games as much as the Paper Mario games, uh, a mix of the two seems like um, something that will just be really cool. Mario and Luigi games are good games that just need a bit of editing. Yep. (laughs) And I'm sure this one will stick kind of closer to the series RPG combat and not maybe do some of the some of the weird offshoot things that Paper Mario series has done recently that I've liked that most people don't seem to like. So Yeah. I like the the reason that Paper Mario became what it was was the idea of, like if you're going to sell Paper Mario and Mario and Luigi on the same system, you have to accept the fact that like one of those games cannot be like the other because otherwise they're basically the same game. Yeah. Which is <laughs> Which is fine by me because I've enjoyed the interesting things they've done, but at the same time, I do. They're very divisive. Yes. At the same time, my favorite Paper Mario game is still Thousand Year Door, and I, I'd love to see another game like that. So I can under I could definitely understand where people are coming from. So yeah. hopefully, this one will please everyone. Unlikely, but possible. So we'll see. Um, so number one, number one. Uh, like I'm, I'm trying to think, like what gets the top spot. I know what gets my top spot. Okay, then you go. Okay, Xenoblade X. Yeah, I should have seen that one coming. I should have yeah. just taken it so you'd have to come up with something. <laughs> um, yeah, that game looks really cool. The soundtrack is incredible, and. Yeah, I, I plan on taking that day off of work and playing the heck out of that thing. Uh, and as for me, I don't know. I'll go. Uh, I'll go with something that's a little uh, left field, mostly because it like it showed up in trailer form, but like only at the Square Enix conference that I feel like not as many people watched. But hey, Kingdom Hearts three. Yes. Oh man, that game looks so good. Yes, it does. Ah. Uh, uh. You showed off a lot of cool special attacks, too. Yeah, a lot of them based on Disneyland rides, which yep. is a neat way of using the... Of just using the Disney connection. Yeah. Um, they announced a new world that will be used. Tangled! <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of... It's like, that's the first world they've announced that literally didn't exist uh, when the last game... when the last main game was made. Mm. And so. I'm still fully expecting a Frozen world. No, there's no way Frozen doesn't happen. It's like the most successful successful Disney film in like yeah, wet forever. <laughs> it's so it's getting a bit absurd. Like Frozen happens, yeah. Regardless, yeah, it's it's got to be there. And I'm sure they'll market the heck out of that being in there. So there you go, which is fine. And I don't care what anyone says; they still think it's a good movie. So, um, video games. Yes. So Frozen, yeah, will definitely be in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, just by virtue of being really, really uh, profitable for all yeah. involved. So hopefully they'll find a way to fit some other ones in there. 
Go full meta. Go full meta and put in Wreck It Ralph. Yes, that would be weird and awesome. Uh, also, Star Wars. Just do it. You yes. know you want to. Oh my god! And they could do Marvel. Oh my god! They could do Star Wars and Marvel. Starvel. That would. That's unlikely, but would be awesome. I would expect one, if not the other. Yeah. So I noticed neither of us put Fire Emblem there. Interesting. Yeah, it was mostly because, like, I was thinking of putting Fates on there, and I was like, I want to go really out of left field. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, so well, I, I can't really anticipate a game, you know, that I'm going to be playing by the time this this is up, so that wouldn't be fair. You know, just trying to rub in that I'm going to be playing this game while you all, all are listening to this. Yeah, and I hate you for it. You're a monster. Yeah, yeah, I kind of am. All right, so shall we move on to Lowell Whoops' next question? Sure, why not? All right, so let's see. What do we got next? Do you prefer Nintendo's E3 structure, or would you rather it be more traditional like the other companies? Um, Nintendo's. Nintendo's. Um, Muppets? Uh, yeah, Muppets are great. Muppets are Freddy's awesome. terrifying, sloping Muppet brow. Yes. <laughs> um, beyond that, like, regardless of how many surprises Microsoft or Sony ends up having, they almost always waste a lot of my time just sort of not doing much. Yeah, and there's always the unpredictability of doing live demos where things hey, can go Hey, saw what happened to Uncharted 4. Yeah. <laughs> that ended so well. Whoops. Hey guys, here's, here's this game you really were anticipating seeing. Also, my controller's not working. <laughs> yeah. But moving beyond that, uh, like just also, uh, on some level, like there was a lot of irritation that Nintendo didn't have a lot of surprises this year, but at the same time, I also appreciated the fact that they seemed intent on showing me things I will be able to play before next E3. Yeah. Uh, which I... didn't seem to be that much of a priority for uh, anyone else. Did they sh actually show anything that wasn't going to be out before next E3? Uh, Gene Ibanoku SMT Crossfire uh, Emblem might not be. Yeah. But I think that's about it, right? Yeah, everything else seemed to be 2015, and if not that, like the handful of exceptions were seemingly early 2016. So. Yeah. I mean, there were some new games that were like, hey, you're going to play this this year. Like, hey, yeah. you're going to play Star Fox this year. Yeah, How cool like is that? we soft announced it last year, but like we're actually showing it. Like now that you can actually see it, it's out soon. That means a lot to me. Yeah. So and or even that weird Metroid spinoff. Yeah, screw the haters. I'm yeah. interested in playing that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so yeah, I'd say all Nintendo, and they showed a lot more gameplay than the other companies did. It's just it just works. Yeah, like I appreciate how like snappy they tend to be. Yeah, I mean, it really is just everything most gamers are looking for to see from the show, so, uh, yeah, I know. I, like, the only thing I miss out on are things I, that I only don't actually want, like, oh, haha, I can make fun of how awkward this presenter was presenting live when they clearly weren't really uh, wanting to do that, or really experienced with doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get to see, like, someone come out dressed in a Mario costume and embarrass themselves. <laughs> but we did uh, get awesome that, Muppets. 
Yeah, those Muppets just dancing <laughs> might be the highlight of E3 as well. Yeah. A ter- oh my gosh. They were somehow adorable and also completely terrifying. It's true. Like, it just, their whole event just felt like um, it had a lot more love, for general love for video games. It was, it was less like it was trying to dazzle you, and it was more like, hey, look at these, they're coming out soon, you should be excited. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so, Nintendo. Thank and, you, Nintendo. And you, you showed me things that, like, you know, I might be excited about the FF7 remake, but I also know that realistically I'm not going to play that for three years. Yeah. At, at least. Well, shall we move on to the next question? I think our answer to that one is pretty clear. Yeah. All right. Um, who was the best talking head at the show this year? Satoru Iwata's terrifying Uncanny Valley Muppet head. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with that. Um, I assume he's talking about something specific here, but I can't remember the guy's name. Do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, repeat that. The the near guy is, I assume... Yokotaro. Yeah, who he's talking about. I, I couldn't remember his name. Yeah, Yokotaro. I didn't. I was busy during the Square Enix conference, so everything I saw was secondhand, and I don't actually like Yokotaro's games. So, yes. <laughs> so there you go. Qualifier. I've never actually been able to finish near. Yeah, it's um, it's a video game. If you were someone like that, like me, was looking forward to Dragon Guard as like this weird new action RPG from Square, and then you play it, and it's not only like just hatefully like dully nihilistic, but also just exceptionally terrible to play, like, you would have difficulty forgiving a man, too. Yep. If I had actually played Drakengard, I probably never would have played Nier, so... It's not even if you... Like, this isn't even, oh, I played Drakengard on a whim. I was looking forward to Drakengard. Because, <laughs> like, there was just a weird trickle of, oh, you're, like, a guy riding a dragon, and it's kind of dark, but, like, that looks neat, and, you know, like, it's an action RPG. That's cool. Like Square makes interesting things. I don't know who this Cavia company is, but <laughs> I mean, like, you know, I'm still hyped up on. Like this was announced in like 2002. I'm still hyped up on Goodwill for Square, and then freaking game comes out and it's awful from top to bottom. Like both intentionally and due to abject failures of game design. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, I just I needed to let this out because I yeah. It's okay. I'm not, I'm not judging near games because I haven't actually been able to finish them, but I, I can't be excited about Yokotaro games anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. So let's just go with the Muppets. Yeah, Muppets. More Muppets. Hello, I'm Muppet. I'm Muppetor. <laughs> Alright, let's see. Next one. How often do you find yourself disappointed with a game after a brilliant E3 showing? My response would mostly be that I don't really put much stock in E3 showing. <laughs> Because the E3 showings are almost always lies. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of some kind of example. And I, I'm having trouble thinking of anything. Like, you know, just about, like, co- collectively I feel like people that were watching it learned to distrust E3 as a concept after E3 2005. Yeah. Because, like... Watching that and the amount of lies that Sony was able to corral into an hour and a half press conference. <laughs> the amount of falsehoods per minute was impressive. 
So, like, you know, after that, it's, it's really difficult to be disappointed by anything else because, you know, you've already been burned so much on such a very specific period. Like, it, oh, man. Yeah, no, that's ancient history now. Like, that's it's terrifying to think that's literally 10 years ago. <laughs> like, more than 10 years ago was when Sony, like, fed us a very long line of just abject falsehood to uh, make proclamations about the PS3 as compared to its competitors. Whoops. In retrospect, half the reason the E3 2006 conference was so infamous was because it was, like, the entire year's worth of, like, carefully constructed stage managing of what people were supposed to think the PS3 was finally collapsing like a dying star. <laughs> oh, Sony... So yeah, collectively, nothing can ever disappoint me quite as much as that. And like, that's not even any specific game. It's just basically the conference. <laughs> um, I think the only thing I could think of would be Uncharted Three. Not that I was incredibly disappointed in Uncharted Three. It just was uh, wasn't the best single-player campaign. So, and it looked it was really generally considered a, a downturn for yeah. single-player. And, and it certainly. I would say showed pretty well at A3 from what I can remember. Yeah, like Uncharted games are games that just demo well. Yeah. They take a vertical slice of that and then like, oh, that's exciting and it looks like an Indiana Jones scene. Yeah, so... So like, unless something gets a severe technical snafu, hello Uncharted 4, uh, <laughs> like the demo's going to go over pretty well. So I think that would be the best example I could think of. Yeah, like, uh, like as a general rule... Like, the, the reason I went on that long-winded rant about an E3 from literally a decade ago was just the fact that, you know, I, I don't really put much store in E3 demos at this point because they're stage-managed to such a degree that it's like you might... Even if you're showing me what you... You know, a gameplay demo, or, you know, at least it's claimed to be a gameplay demo, it, it doesn't really matter because it's been massaged and managed to such a degree that it, like, can't really give me a good idea of what the game actually is. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm too jaded. E3 2005 was the biggest disappointment forever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I would agree. (coughs) I'm trying to remember how many of the games shown there even came out. Like, nonsense like Killing Day that never existed at all. That was a CG trailer that they had the audacity to just put like HUD elements in and expect people to believe was real. Killzone two. Oh man. So amazing. Yeah, that that was a that was a marked downturn. Oh that game yeah. was very red. It's really grey. Like really grey. Yeah. That's not a good game. It was basically like the entire color scheme. Yeah. All right, all right. What do we got for our next question? How well do RPGs fare in the E3 mix, considering they're usually heavy on story and you don't have enough time to get into it? Uh, I would say that, like, the only genres that demo worse than RPGs would be like point-and-click adventure games or real-time strategy games. Yeah, or or turn-based strategy games. Yeah, like like well, turn-based strategy. I'm including in the RPG okay, umbrella. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, like, I, like, RPGs don't demo well. 
No, and I, that kind of reminds me of back um, the E3 where Fire Emblem Awakening was accidentally announced for the West. Well, it wasn't even accidentally announced. It was like it didn't show up at the conference, and then someone after the conference went up to Reggie and was like, "When is uh, it, are we getting Fire Emblem? And he's like, oh, yeah, of course we are. I just, we just didn't have anything to show of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's... You know, you look at what they showed of the new one this year, and it's was a lot of the, uh, the CGI cinematics. cinematics. It's like, it's like they can't really bring across. Like, no one wants to sit down and watch someone else play a strategy RPG. It's like sitting down and watching a chess between watching chess between two people you've never met. Yeah, I, I think it, it really has to be like a visually impressive RPG, which I think yeah, there was... something like action RPGs demo better. Yeah. And I think, um, what was I going to say? I think we had a few of those this year. Like, uh, Xenoblade X is obviously a good game to show. Yeah, it's a very visually dynamic game. It's got big sweeping vistas. So, yeah. like, even though mechanically you can't really get <coughs> too invested in what you're looking at because you don't really have any context for it, you can at least look at the giant pretty areas and be like, holy crap, I can't wait to explore this. Yeah. But, like, the more traditional, the more story-based, the more, like, lack of visual pizzazz something has, the less that, like, demoing it really does you any hype. Yeah. Like, just because, like, oh, you know, like, people complain about, like, the baffling array of sights and sounds that are the uh, uh, Shin Megami Tensei Crossfire Emblem trailers, but at the same time, I mean, like... What what are they supposed to show? Like a kid running around Tokyo? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, if you wanted that, you watched them play it for two hours at Treehouse and were like, oh, now I understand what the game is. Exactly. But like, the, the trailer can really only ever sell you on the concept. It can't really sh- sell you on the mechanics. There's just not enough time or really depth to a trailer. So, yeah. RPGs don't demo well the end unless the end. they're an action RPG. Or visually impressive. Yep. And even then... The, you may those two overlap a lot, though. Yeah. But, I mean, even then, if it's a visually impressive RPG, it might still... It's probably still iffy. Yeah. Depending on whether you're showing, like, actual gameplay or not, so... Yeah. But, you know, something like FF15 uh, demos and trailers well, too. Yep. Final Fantasy games tend to demo better than most RPGs just because they have so much spectacle going on. Absolutely. I mean, <coughs> Act of Terrorism at the beginning of FF7 was a pretty good lead-in. <laughs> <sighs> Alright, so... Anything else on that one? No, no, we've pretty much covered it six ways from Sunday. Okay. Let's see, how long should an E3 demo be? Should it be all action, or is it better to mix in story? All cutscenes or gameplay? Well, if it's all cutscenes, it's a trailer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but moving beyond that, uh, there's, like, putting in story scenes is kind of pointless, because unless it's the very beginning of the game, they have no context, and if it is the very beginning of the game, they're going to utterly dominate, and people aren't going to get a good idea of how the game actually plays. Yeah. So, as a general rule, like, probably just do something primarily gameplay-focused. Yep. And I think a lot of times, 
even what was I gonna say? Sometimes even gameplay might not even demo that well. Yeah, like that's the thing. It's like any genre that like is a lot of layering uh, mechanics or long-term progression on top of each other doesn't demo well. Metroidvanias yeah. don't demo well. No. Nope. Uh, RPGs don't demo well. Anything that requires long, like a lot of player investment into their own, like skill not not skill set but like anything that gives the player a lot of say or uh over what their character can do is going to have a lot of issues demoing yeah i, I think one that just came to mind is would be uh like mmos i don't think demo well at all oh no no like well those have the those are double hamstrung <coughs> because like you you can't play how you'd actually play an MMO because both because you don't have any idea what your loadout is and because you're not playing with an actual group of people that you would play with. Yeah. Like there is no way to demo an MMO in a way that gives you a truly representative experience in any fashion. Yeah. Like you won't even get an idea of what the lag is like. <laughs> or like, you know, how the game sets up parties or, you know, any of that like it's it is the undemonstrable uh, concept. You just have to wait until the game's out, and then your friend tells you, hey, this is fun, play it with me. <laughs> <laughs> the only way I've ever been dragged in time, most. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's kind of it. Like, I would say lean towards action, because a lot of story that people have no context for is not that interesting. Yep. And if you if you really just want to show off cutscenes, just just cut together a decent trailer that shows a lot of exciting things happening. Yep. Long story short, games are kind of hard to show in a short period of time, essentially. Yeah, basically. Uh, all right. What do we got next? Oh, that's our last one from Low Whoops. Yep, and so. our second to last question entirely. Yes. So our last question is actually from Donald Mick, and it is, what are the chances the current name for what we know as SMT X Fire Emblem actually sticks? For those not remembering, cause it's a really strange name, uh, it currently is dubbed, at least in Japanese, as Gene Ibunoroku Hash Fire Emblem. What does that even mean? Uh... So, like, Ibunroku is a word that's been ta tarred on to various uh, uh, SMT spinoffs in Japan in the past, uh, where, like, for example, Persona 1 was called Megami Ibunroku, uh, like, yeah, Megami Ibunroku Persona. I'm trying to look up a decent translation of what it, like, what that means. It's something, uh, yeah. Revelation of the Illusion. Revelation of the Illusion. Interesting. Uh, it's yeah, it's weird. It's a weird name. Um, that I would say that there's no chance it launches with that name in America. But then again, I also figured that if someone ever went off to localize Bravely Default, that the first thing they would do is change its terrible, terrible, terrible name. That did not happen. Yeah, somehow we're looking, we're staring down the barrel of Bravely Second End Layer, which uh, is like the worst title I've heard since Yanya Kabbalista featuring Gawu. <laughs> no, that can't be real. I don't believe you. That's, That's not... the Japanese title of the just as insanely titled Yanya Kabbalista City Skater. <laughs> okay. 
Oh. So, yeah. And when they first announced it in America, it was under the title Yanya Cavalista featuring <laughs> Albu. Did that sell to anyone or anything? It was a weird niche cell shaded skateboarding game. I'm deeply confused by this. I remember an old issue of official Play, the U.S. official PlayStation magazine that was talking about them debating about worse titles than <laughs> Yanya Cavalista featuring Gawu. <laughs> and they were like, the best we could come up with was Filibuster Shanty featuring Gru the Wanderer. But we came to the conclusion that that might still be better because it at least conjured up some idea of what kind of game it might be. <laughs> oh... But, as for Gene and Roku, it'll probably still have Japanese in the title because, like, you know, it's it's still a very Japanese game. And I mean, like, Atlas has gone pretty far selling Shin Megami Tensei games in America with the super title Shin Megami Tensei. Yeah, so... But I would expect it to more explicitly attempt to parallel Shin Megami Tensei and Fire Emblem when it releases in America makes sense, although... Bearing in mind that Fire Emblem-related titles have been announced with their Japanese titles in the West, and had their titles changed anyway, just this year! It's true, but let, let us also not forget that the company that released Bravely Default, as Bravely Default in the West, was Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, Bravely Default, Where the Fairy Flies, what a, like... That's that's another one of those names where it's like, the problem with this name isn't just that it's a painfully awkward English construction that, like, no one has ever used. It's also that, like, it, it's also just that it doesn't, uh, like, conjure any sort of mental image as to what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> So yeah, like I, I would expect it to get somewhat renamed, uh, or at least be given a subtitle that might somewhat clarify what the hell it is. Uh, hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. Now I'm just remembering Yanya Cabalista. That was a weird game. <laughs> like why was Koei making a freaking fingerboard-based uh, skateboarding cel-shaded game for the PS2? Good question. <laughs> but moving on. Yes, moving on. Um, I don't think we have any more questions. Yeah. The end. The end. You know. So, yes. Your things are named weird. Uh, any final thoughts about the C3? Uh, Cloud will probably still be cross-dressing. Please look forward to it, as per <laughs> word of Nomura. <laughs> uh, there were a lot of good games. I'm glad that consoles might finally start getting mod support in Bethesda games. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, lots of RPGs. Uh, uh, RPGs. We basically never even touched Fallout 4. Yeah, uh, but I mean, I think we all know what to expect at this point, so probably the one yeah. we need to talk about the least. But, which isn't uh, saying that it's going to be bad or anything, just saying that, you know, it's Fallout. Like, all the, as much information as we're going to get is on the open. Uh, yeah. So, um... It was a good E3, though. I yeah. enjoyed a lot of the things I saw. It gave me many things to look forward to. Yes. Despite the lack of Dragon Quest, I think there was a lot to be excited about. Everyone looking forward to Shenmue 3 in 2018? Oh, totally. 
only 16 years after the previous one. <laughs> By the time that that comes out, Rio, like, uh, someone who was not born when Shenmue was first released will be older than Rio. <laughs> Just sit there and think about that for a moment. <laughs> By the time it comes out, the peri time period it was set in will be more than 30 years old. <laughs> oh, Shenmue. Oh. It has, in fact, been longer since Shenmue 1 came out than the time between when Shenmue 1 took place and Shenmue's <laughs> original release. <laughs> Shenmue, bankrupting all our hearts. Hey, I never bought in. I played some Lucky Hit and was like, this is neat, but I don't have time for this. <laughs> Me neither. I played it on Dreamcast, and I was like, why is everyone excited about this? This sucks. This is a really ambitious game, but like, got lost in its own ambition. Yeah. Uh, no thank you. But I'll still play Shenmue 3 just for the strange tale of how it came to be. Yeah. And just to see how it actually ends. <laughs> And then it'll end on a to be continued, and there will never be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So when we wrap this thing up, uh, you can, if you have any questions, even further E3 questions, which would be fine. You can send in questions to wheels at rpgamer.com. Hit me up on Ask Wheels on Twitter. Uh, Ask us about whatever stupid bet we happen to have going on. There almost always is at least one. True. <laughs> uh, Dave's Twitter is at fanboymaster. Yep. And I'm not even going to bother mentioning ask.fm. <laughs> you can't uh, even ask questions on it anymore unless you've logged in. It's terrible. That's true. No one I knows. used to enjoy sending you terrible, harassing questions. Yes. And they, I couldn't always tell that they were from you. <laughs> they were all cats. They could have <laughs> really been from me. <laughs> Alright, so I think that is shall about wrap it up there will be some sort of music uh, I haven't decided what I'm going to use yet so you'll probably uh, pull something from the Xenoblade X soundtrack uh, there is so much to pull from that soundtrack it's a very good soundtrack yes uh, so that's it and we'll see, see you next time you. later